the Warrior Word. I'm Kellen Gibbs, joined by me is Greg and Eli. Unfortunately, we do not have Lance today. Uh, he's not here for some reason. Um, but coming up on this week's Warrior Word, we we're, we're going to be talking about the Ryzen 3000, I believe, uh, the new uh, processing chip, as well as the new foldable phones that Samsung has been talking about. Guys, tell us a little bit about the new Ryzen. Well, uh, AMD at, at CES this year, CES 2019, showcased their new Ryzen 3000 series chips right. based off of a revised Zen architecture, Zen 2, and it's been pretty promising. There have been many of leaks leading up to it about like frequencies and core counts that would completely you know, dominate the market, but no one was really too sure. It looked too good to be true. Now, are we talking GTX uh, 2080 here, or 2070? You know, AMD's GPU department is separate from their... Oh, right, know, right. Horizon. So, yeah. so like... This is like Intel, you know... Oh, so, yeah, we're in the processors. I, I'm, I'm getting mixed up here. Um, So, it's is it on par with Intel's latest processors, or is it, like, out like out of reach or from Intel's processors? Well, it's really interesting when you ask that question because one of the demos that they had at CES was they were showing the pow- true power of 7 nanometer process, okay? And what they had is they had two games, right? Because right. one of the developments that they're trying to make is that AMD has always been, you know, currently is with Ryzen, you know, the consumer creator, you know, processor chip, you know, you... Because usually when you're making content, either for YouTube or you're making whatever videos, you want, you know, usually high core counts and, you know, at the cost of lower frequencies. But that's not good for gamers. So you lose a lot of that clientele because gamers, traditionally, games only take advantage of a certain number of cores. Right. So you, you go for the highest frequencies possible on whatever amount of cores you can get. And so the process, the what they showed is their 8-core chip, right? Their 8-core, however many gigahertz chip, it's still yet to right. be finalized, on par with the 9900K that Intel has released. However... Would that be like the i9? Yeah, the i9, right. 9900K. But what was most interesting is it was using significantly less power. It was using... 130 oh, no watts. Mm. It was using 130 watts when Intel's chip was using 200. Wow, no kidding. You uh, you talked about the seven nanometer chip. How is that new cutting edge in technology now? Well, seven nanometer, you know, it, it we knew it was coming, you know, at some point. But I think that one point the AMD made, Lisa Sue was talking about in her keynote, was that. Moore's law is not exactly reality because because it takes exponentially more money and cost and time to produce the further the next smaller process, right? right. So we, we came from all the way back from hundreds of nanometers to 90 nanometers to 45 to 22 to 14 and now we're down to Intel you, 9900K uses 14 nanometers, significantly more power. Ryzen's Zen and Zen Plus use 10 nanometer, and now they released 7 nanometer consumer chip and a 7 nanometer GPU that, you know, is probably, is Vega-based, but we know they're also releasing some 
Navi-based architecture that is seven nanometer. Right, right, right. So, um, currently, right now, do you think uh, who who's winning this little consumer battle um, for like the best uh, processor uh, in the marketplace right now? So, well, I think that Intel was like the OG. You know, they were the company. Right. They were. Know? They were like on. Like they. Uh, yeah. Branded themselves first over AMD. Yeah. yeah, AMD was did not get into the processor market, and even when they did with FX and some of the Athlon stuff, it wasn't. It was kind of sketch. It was not right. like Gucci top tier, you know, like the forty seven ninety K was. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't like it. Was, it didn't get to the market as fast as Intel did with their processors. Yeah. It kind of. It kind of came second, so that's why everyone was so biased to intel because that's what they knew at the time i would assume yeah exactly because who wants to like try out you know why why go for something else when you know that this thing is going to work and yeah I, yeah it's like it's like apple uh back in uh what, what was it 2007 when they released the apple iphone mm-hmm. uh everyone flocked to apple because it was probably a revolutionary device it was a touchscreen device and now we have Samsung, Android, and all those other ones. So Countless, we can, I mean. yeah. So like we can, we can, we can further on that topic onto the smartphone thing. But going back to this, um, the fact that um, you know people would choose Apple over Samsung is exactly the reason why people would choose Intel over AMD is because you know they they're familiar or familiarized with um, Apple. And uh, Intel, so you know they they beat everyone else into the market first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's hard to take that monopoly out from underneath them. Yeah. But it's it's really interesting to see like the market share you know changing. You know, Intel's obviously gonna have more market share. Oh yeah. But you know, it's interesting to see the surge that's come out of AMD because when you look at some of the like when you look at some of the consumer pr- level prices that they've been able to output, it's insane. Because they've been able to produce these chips at half, potentially less than half of you know equivalent Intel counterparts. We've uh, oh, really? we've got the prices of the new chip here. Uh, your entry levels are looking at anywhere from a hundred to one hundred and thirty dollars. Your mid range, anywhere between one hundred and eighty and three hundred and thirty. And your top of the line, you know, big deal ones, four fifty to five hundred. How are those prices looking? As far as no you know, kidding. availability. So like, so is that asking too much, or is that a well, deal? Well, I think that um, it's a screaming deal. You know, it, that's why that was part of these leaks that everyone's like, oh, it's too good to be true. You know, I think Lisa Sue has you know kind of been a little hesitant to you know confirm anything on a price whenever you know she's been confronted with this question. But I think that. Considering that you can get a processor running at the same frequency as in 9900K with twice the cores, you know, right, that, right. that's obviously, you know, going to be a, a direct upgrade. You're getting pre- basically double the processing sure. power. Yeah. So, and even their entry level stuff, you're getting quad cores at, you know, above three gigahertz for a hundred bucks. You know, that's a solid budget option for people right. wanting to get into this department. So, uh, what what would you assume that prices would be on Intel right now, uh, compared to, uh, Ryzen 
or AMD? Well, I mean, I would expect it to be expensive because that's the way Intel's always been. Like, um, I don't, I really couldn't tell you because, like, in the in the previous gen generation of Intel's CPUs, Coffee Lake, they had a hexacore at five gigahertz for. Three hundred thirty dollars or three hundred eighty dollars, right, somewhere right, right. somewhere in that range, right? And and then you have an AMD chip that was eight cores at four gigahertz for three hundred, potentially less. And so I think at that point it was a more of a you know which one do you want more? Like with you get the extra like half a gigahertz of clocks with Intel. But is it really worth the $80 price tag that comes with it? But right, I think that yeah. the way these prices are looking, it's insane. Like, there really w it looks like there logically is no choice, which is why we think it's too good to be true. But Lisa oh, Sue yeah. doesn't seem to be downplaying it at all, which is really hyping up the AMD fans. And, and you mentioned this person, Lisa Sue. Uh, is, this a, is this like one of the company founders of uh, AMD? Um, right now, I believe Lisa Sue is. Um, Currently, she's the CEO of AMD. She's oh, the so, lead. So yeah, so there's she's the, the CEO. head honcho of AMD. And then she was also um, the keynote speaker at CES. So oh, it was right, nice to right. get her direct perspective as opposed to some sort of spokesperson. Right, right. And then um, I, the other reason that people think leaks to be true, sorry to edge this in, but when she, when she was getting interviewed by many, you know, tech people, you know, tech articles, she she referenced that when she was showing the die, the exposed die without the IHS to the crowd at CES, there was, she noticed that the seven nanometer is smaller, right? So right. she had all of the, all of the cores for the eight core took up maybe a third or a quarter of the die. Which wow. she was definitely emphasizing. Mm. There's going to be more cores, and she said, "See, I believe she said 16, at least a 16." But yeah, it's crazy to think that now, like where we are with uh, computing technology, how like how much we've packed into such a small little yeah. device. It's like, you know, it blows your mind. Like, have you seen one of these things under a microscope? Yeah. They're really like it's insane. They're, they're it's, incredible. Yeah, and it's uh. What I've heard is that they're not actually manufactured by hand. They're actually like, mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't say like printed on there or something like skin on there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like, it's crazy to, you know, think that we, we've gone so far as to put such a device down into like this tiny minuscule um, part, like piece of technology that like we use every single day. And so powerful too. Right, right. So like, you know, we, we have it in our phones now too. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm sure AMD would be in our phones, right? Um, so in Apple, I know that the their Apple's A A12 and A12X Bionic chips in the new iPhone 10 those are seven nanometer. Oh, so yeah, I think yeah. I think if any of you out there with an iPhone 10 are like, hey, this battery life's pretty freaking awesome. Right. I think that you should know that it's because of that way because of seven nanometer because the CPU's much less power. Right. And that's great too because you know if you're taking up less power. But yet being power efficient, like, you know, being power efficient and then like, you know, using more power, that's actually a pretty, you know, trustful gain to have when you're using your device because 
one, you use less battery, less energy mm-hmm. for, you know, still the same task you, you would use if you're using the same equivalent amount of energy to some other device, which is such a, you know, it's a beneficial um, gain to have when you're, you know, making this technology. Exactly. And um, also, I believe that un- there are other 7 nanometer CPUs in the latest Snapdragon processors right, and right. many uh, Android smartphones. So if any of you out there... I do I do currently have a, uh, it's a Quadcom Snapdragon uh, 845, I would say. Yeah, I believe I believe the 855s. If any of you out there, you know, are you know, query about what your battery life is, you know, maybe take a look at the CPU architecture. Maybe it'll make your day. Maybe it'll interest you. I'm trying to find out on my phone. I do run a uh, normal rig of a S9 Plus currently. S9 Plus. Yes, it uh, it has an amazing battery life. I can tell you that right now. So, mm-hmm. and you know if. You know, if we are running on those chips today, then I'm pretty thankful that I was, uh, quote unquote, born in this generation. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, so besides that, I think uh, we've ran through our, you know, AMD Ryzen topic pretty well. What do you guys think? We were talking about uh, new phones, advancement yeah, new phones. of that, and Gal- Galaxy has actually, you know, flirted with unveiling a new foldable phone. Galaxy F is what they would call it. Galaxy F. Now, uh, I've heard really, really mixed opinions about this. Like, a foldable phone is revolutionary. A foldable phone is pretty sketchy. Well, that's what I mean, Samsung yeah. believes that it is the, it is a, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the new thing. It's, yeah. It's Breakthrough a, in technology innovation is what they said. Right, right. And, you know, having... Uh, foldable phones. We started out having foldable phones, correct? So, you know, going back to it, it's kind of it's it's kind of weird in my opinion. And I'm on a mixed bag here. It is. It looks like a revolutionary de- design here, but it also kind of just takes a step back to you know where we came from. Mm-hmm. Like, well, uh, you know, ever since we had touchscreen phones, it's just been super convenient to just whip it out and look at it. Nobody's even thought about. Hey, you know, what if we fold these things? So I think there's a probably for you know, you know space. <laughs> yeah, probably just to you know have space up in you know in your phone so you can you know tuck it away and probably like True. your shirt pocket. True. But um, it, it's quite weird. We we are currently at an, at a point where we have literally gone to this high vantage point with our phones. Like we have literally a Swiss like Swiss army knife in our phone. Like we have like the camera, we have, we have compasses. We have literally like we can detect um, rotation in our devices. We have so many like apps on our phone that we can, you know, do so much with it. So we've gone to the point where we, I think we just, you know, are at our top tier with phones and all they, you know, all they're doing is just, you know, getting thinner getting smaller or bigger and like just getting more convenient. And I think these designs, these foldable designs are just trying to take a stab at, you know, what can we do next with this, you know, smartphone technology? What can we do besides, you know, having a flat slab in our, in our Mm -hmm. pockets? And I think that's where the companies are, you know, trying to invest in, you know, um, what was it? There was a 
Motor, Motorola phone that was actually trying to do this as well, wasn't So yeah, um, the Motorola Razr V4 is trying to uh, do this design as well. And I don't, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's an actual like in place to, into the market yet. But um, I think right now this is where we're going with it's it folds like out as a as like a normal foldable phone back when we were like possibly 10 I'd say uh, having like a motor like motor roller razor and so now we're going back to uh, what that was but now when you fold it there's also a touchscreen on the what would be the rear camera end of the phone and it's it's a interesting design I should say but I am still mixed bag with the the fact that if you have this two touchscreen device, I mean, what's the what's the point of it when you could just have this uh, this slab right here? Well, I think that um, part of the point, you know, part of the reason that they developed this is derived from I want this big LCD touchscreen, but I don't want to lug this thing around. Like if any of you people. I've yeah. seen the like XS Max from Apple or any of their plus size phones. Like oh, they're massive, yeah. but yeah, they, also that big touch screen could be useful to artists or creators sure. or whoever. But they don't want to. But it's also a phone. You know, you don't want to like lug it around like that. You know, oh, if, yeah. it, if it's something that you could just use folded up for like calling, you know, texting maybe or whatever, and then maybe you want to watch movies or right. you know do any sort of you know drawing on it. You can just quickly fold it out and boom, you have a whole separate tool. Yeah, yeah, exa exactly. Well, I mean, we see it with the laptops where you can detach the keyboard and oh, yeah, still the, use the, the, the yoga. Well, it was like the yoga. Or um, the Surface. Microsoft. The Surface, yeah. yeah. Microsoft Surface, yeah. And then the new iPad Pro, I believe, is going in this direction. And I think that we might be entering another awkward phase where it's like, am I a creator's tool or am I just, you know, a phone, right? Yeah. And I think that... It's really interesting that what iPad, what the iPad Pro has done is they've basically gone, they've eclipsed this gap, and they've gone to the point where it's basically a computer that has uh, iOS on it. Right. I, mm -hmm. I bet, which I think is a mistake. If they put macOS on it, way more popular. I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, at least from all the people I've talked to, they said they'd buy one immediately. But right. I think that... This awkward phase might take a little bit of getting used to. You know, I bet we're going to see some special attachments for these phones, like special, you know, writing tools. We, yeah, we styluses. already have like um, like lenses that you can actually attach to your uh, phones now. Yeah. So yeah, the phone, the phone is really interesting. Uh, the the idea of the smartphone era dying in 2019 is what I've been hearing. Um, that I can't. I can't display as true. I think we still are going with our smartphones and every single day we see them. I mean, I don't think there's a day where I don't look at my smartphone once. Mm -hmm. And so I can't I can't say that the smartphone era is dying when you know, we all have smartphones and we are, you know, constantly holding on to them. So not only that, we're also improving on them still. And like these revolutionary designs, that adds on to the concept of what are we going to see next? Well, I think that the the smartphone era could be dying because I know a lot. Well, a lot of people they invest thirteen hundred dollars into a phone, 
so that they can text their friends or whatever. You know, they're not, I don't think that, I think a lot of people are underappreciating this technology and aren't using it to its maximum capacity. Well, you, you know, there's young people that are buying this, so I don't think they're educated on the, the uh, technological side of different phones. They just right. see, oh, this is the new iPhone or this is the new whatever. I yeah. got to buy it. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, uh, one of the one of my friends, he says he just has a flip phone because he has a computer. He needs a computer whenever wherever he goes anyway, so why does he need that extra processing power? He could just whip out his MacBook real quick and do whatever sure. he needs to do. Yeah, that's that's the mindset and, I need. And for a, for a lot of creators, I think that w- if they're going to lug a computer around anyways, why do they need this large form factor object, right? They could just pull out a flip phone. And so I think this is going to be like, the smartphone for them, you know, what they could be utilizing that extra premium price tag for. But I also think that, you know, we're going to see maybe big company Apple be a little reluctant to take this step because it's going to take a lot of money and engineering to develop this. And so we might be seeing a lot of third parties, you know, come to fruition. Not that right. they haven't already, but if like you look, Huawei and, you know, OnePlus. Yeah, if you've seen like the phones that most people have, iPhone, Samsung, you know, it's the black, the two, black and yeah, white. Yeah, you know? the two flagship uh, marketplace yeah. shareholders. Yeah, when in reality, you know, if you take a look at the Huawei phones and the OnePlus 6, it's crazy. Yeah, they have. It's crazy yeah, that not more people have them because they're direct competitors and honestly, in my opinion, much better than their flagship counterparts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. you look at the technolo- technological advancements in those phones and you're like, why? Why, yeah, why? Why can't the new? Why can't the new stuff have this? They they've like, been doing this. Like if I were to in like okay, uh, let me let me put this out there. If I were to invest into a Razer phone too, would that be a better inv- investment than a Samsung S nine plus? Probably because just just because of its you know its internals compared to mm-hmm. uh, our latest flagships, and I think. Uh, the market just likes these flagships because they're familiarized. Like yeah. we were talking about with Intel and AMD. Those two are familiarized. And, you know, I, I can't say this for sure, but I'm, you know, I'm probably, you know, assuming that there are other third-party processor, um, you know, markets that are trying to, you know, develop as well. But they're not as familiarized as, you know, the flagships that we have. So, you know, what, what's out there? Exactly. You, you know, I think consumers will delay in trying to get this because there's also a social side of, of, you know, phones because you see famous people, they only have iPhones. So younger people feel obligated to have those iPhones yeah, exactly. and won't want to be, you know, inclined to try the n- new technology, try the new phones. Which, if they try it, might actually be better than right. what yeah. they have. Exactly. Yeah. And I think... That a lot of people that a lot of these people that are undereducated, maybe they have a friend who's super savvy about this, you know, what smartphone, you know, the smartphone market, what's what it's looking like. And they ask them, what smartphone should I get? You know, I don't I you know, I don't want to spend a lot of money on something I don't want. Right. And then they tell them they tell them to go buy Apple or Samsung because of the ecosystem that it's created. Not so much with Samsung, but especially with Apple. Right. Like if you got a MacBook and you got iPod or whatever, you have all these Apple accessories and you get an iPhone, that's just another thing that you can just sync with it and have so many extra features as opposed to 
buying a third-party Huawei or OnePlus or Red Hydrogen or something. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, goes through our, uh, you know, our topic about smartphones. What what do we what do you think we're going to be seeing in the future? Just to you know wrap this up. Uh, you know, I think we'll we'll start to see more companies. You know, not necessarily your big names, but more smaller companies come to do the new technology things. Right. That uh, trying to revolutionize the mm-hmm. market a little bit more. That the you know the the big boys just won't do just because of how well their phones and technology has has gone so far. So you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. That's their mindset. But I think as more people. Uh, purchase these things and see that hey this is a lot better than what I have then those companies will tend to change the way they View. go about yep. making new stuff so you want to wrap us up yeah that'll be just about it um, we'll have more from the warrior word uh, when we come back I want to thank you guys for listening and uh, we'll see you later <laughs>